There you go, buddy. Put that on. It's ready to go. It's already on. God bless you. I would like to say thank you to all of you for having this meeting. All of us who have done it know what a what a big job it is, and uh, we are so grateful. I'm so thankful for you men and you ladies. Yesterday was was a wonderful day for me. I enjoyed being here with you men and having breakfast and and uh, I know Hannah enjoyed being with the ladies and it's just so wonderful to be together and I I was sitting there just a minute ago thinking it's a shame that the whole congregation in Kingsport couldn't have come with me <laughs> because they just would have loved spending time with you this weekend and I hope they can get down here you know everybody's always saying y'all come see us well I hope they can come see you and uh just love you all. Thank the Lord for you. And I thank the Lord for all your hard work. And I thank you for the meal that we haven't even had yet. Thank you for everything you've done. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Jude. Just before Revelation. One chapter in the book of Jude. I have something very specific that I'd like for us to look at this morning. I want us to consider God and what belongs to Him. God and what belongs to Him. Now, one verse will be our text. It's verse 25. It says... To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. I love verses like that. Every time I read a verse like that, I can envision Michael the archangel heralding that in glory. Can you envision that this number, no man can number, of people all there with one spirit and one heart and one body, and the archangel stands up and tells everybody, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever, and everybody cries, Amen. That's going to be enjoyable. That's just going to be enjoyable. Well, that's our outline. Alright, that's the whole outline. Word by word, we're just going to go through that verse. From this, we can already see God and what belongs to Him. Men and women naturally do not know this God. They do not. We're born into this world not knowing this God. This God has to be taught. This God has to be revealed. 
And you will not find Him in religion. You can't just go to church and find out about this God. God has to single you out and send His messenger, the Holy Spirit, to you. And He has to reveal this God. It is not in the nature of man's flesh to know the true and living God. The true and living God. There was a time when nobody in this room knew the true and living God. None of us. But our Lord said in John 17, this is life eternal. This is what eternal life is. That they might know Thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, and I just, I love this, I enter into this with him. He said, Oh, that I might know him. I want to know him. I want to know more of him. That song says, More about Jesus. We need to know him. We need to know him. We don't need to just know about him, we need to know him. And he said that he reveals himself to his people through the preaching of his word. And that's why we're doing this. That's why we're not just out in nature somewhere right now. Just, you know, well, let's just go find God out there. That's why we're here. It's because he said that he has been pleased to reveal himself to his people through the declaration of what he wrote right here. God wrote his own book. So for that reason, from this word, I'd like for us to look at God. I'd like for us to look at who he is and what he's done and where he is right now. God and what belongs to him. Now let's see what this verse has to say about it. Verse 25, it says, To the only wise God. First, here's what we see there. There is only one God. There's only one God. You know, men just so... My heart breaks for them, but they're like, well, you have your God and I have my God and we'll all be just have these God. There's only one God. There's only one God to the only wise God. This word says that man has made up in his mind and he's fashioned with his hands his own little g God. All kinds of little g gods. They are the gods of men's imaginations. And because there are so many of them out there, there are so many of them out there, that's what has created these religious differences between people. Different denominations, you know, different doctrines. All that that is is different gods. That's all it is, just different little g-gods. But all of those gods are no gods at all. They're not. 
men and women are right now in this town in Crossville and they are in Kingsport and they are in Madisonville they are all over this world worshiping gods who are no gods at all And somebody's going to hear that and say, well, why do you have to be so narrow-minded about this? You know, only one God. Why can't you just let people do what they want to do and, and worship the God of their choosing? And why do you have to be so dogmatic about this? Here's the reason why. And I pray, I believe I mean this. But here's the reason why. It's because we care about people. Yeah. Why do you have to stand up and be so dogmatic about this? It's because we care about people. We care about men and women's souls. If we did not love people, we would not preach the gospel, would we? We care about people. It breaks our hearts for people that they have no idea that they are worshiping a false god. They have no idea. Ignorantly worshiping no god at all. And men and women are going to leave this world and they're going to go into eternity with no God at all. And when that happens, the Scripture says there is none to help. There is none to help. There is only one God. This verse says, To the only wise God. This is the all-knowing, all-controlling, all-doing God. There's only one. He said, I am the Lord. Not a Lord. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. Now, if that is the case, If that is the case, how can we know if we are worshiping the true and living God? Alright, if people are blind and they're sitting there in their pews and all these churches, how can we know if we are worshiping the only God that there is? How can we know if we have not fashioned a little G-God in our own minds? How can we know if we're right? And worship in the true and right God. Well, here's how we can know. Turn with me over to Psalm 115. We just had verse 1 read to us last night from this chapter. Psalm 115. And I pray God will open our eyes to this. Psalm 115, verse 1 says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto Thy name give glory for Thy mercy and for Thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever He hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. 
They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is every one that trusteth in them. How can I know? Which God I'm worshiping? The capital G God or the little g God? How can I know? Here's how we can know. A false little g God can't unless you do it for Him. Here's how you can know. That's how we can know the difference in the one true and living God, the all-knowing, all-controlling, all-doing God and the many, many false little g-gods who are no gods at all. Verse 3 right here says, Our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever He hath pleased. And the rest of those verses said, if you don't do it for that false God, it's not going to be done. If you don't let Him, and if you don't help Him, and if you don't do it for Him, it can't be done. Why is that? It's because that God is not God. That's the reason why. There is only one God... One true and living God. And who is it? Who is it? Who is God? The only God that there is. Well, go with me back to our text. In Jude. Verse 25 says, to the only wise God, our Savior. <laughs> Who is the only God that there is? Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. When men and women think of Jesus Christ... They only think of Him usually as the middle man who can get them to God. And their worship, and let's see if, if we can enter into this, their worship bypasses the Lord Jesus Christ. They have them, and in their mind, in the fashion of their mind, they envision, He doesn't have an image, they don't know, but it's God. And then somewhere in between, and maybe even just push him to the side just a little bit, is Jesus Christ. And in their worship, they are bypassing the Lord Jesus Christ. They're going around the Lord Jesus Christ in their mind to something or someone who is higher than Him. A mightier God than Him. And when they do that, they have missed the only wise God that there is. And they're worshiping a false God. They're worshiping, even though they, in their mind, see Him to be higher, they're worshiping the God of their imagination. 
And it's a God with no image. No image. The only wise God that there is, is God our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me over to 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy 3 verse 16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God Himself, the only wise God, is the one who was manifest in the flesh. God Himself is the one who came down. Not God's helper. Not God's second in command. The only God that there is came down. Somebody will say, well, what about the Father? Jesus Christ is the Father. Hebrews 1 says, Jesus Christ is is the express image of His Father's person. Christ said, If you have seen Me, you have seen the Father. He said, I and My Father are one. I adore Isaiah 9 verse 6. It says, A child is going to be born. A son is going to be given. What's His name? What should we call that little child? Call Him the Everlasting Father. There are three persons. There are three persons. But there's only one God. The Spirit is the Spirit of Christ Himself. It is Christ's Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God in us is Christ in us. There are three persons, but there's one God. And I, I really can't, my mind hadn't gotten a hold of that. I can't even explain that, but we can declare it. And by God-given faith, we can believe it. There are three persons. There's one God. There's just one God. The true declaration all through the Word is our God is our Redeemer. All through the Old Testament. I am your God who redeemed you. The one who redeemed us and gave His blood for us is our God. He's our God. He's the only God that there is. Now, go with me back to Jude. And let's see what belongs to the only God that there is. The Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 25 says, To the only wise God, our Savior. Our Savior. Number one, we belong to Him. We belong to Him. All of His chosen people that the Father gave to Him. The Father chose a people and it was a people who was lost. We were lost and undone without God's precious Son. We were lost and we were ruined And we were just like every other sinner born into the world. There was no difference. But God came to us. 
He sought us. He sought us. And He bought us by purchasing us through that precious blood. We weren't redeemed with corruptible things like gold and silver. We were redeemed with the precious blood of the Lamb Himself. And the moment that that purchase was complete, He said, you are mine. You're mine. I am yours and you are mine. And all of His people cry, praise the Lord. I'm His. Thank God we belong to Him. We do. Psalm 100 says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. And all of God's people do, don't we? We all worship Him and we see Him to be the only wise God that there is. So that's the first thing. We belong to Him. Verse 25 says, To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory. All glory belongs to Him. Glory means judgment. And it means exaltation. God our Savior is highly lifted up. Exaltation. Highly exalted. And His name is above every name. And God's people are so glad. Just so glad. There's no other name given among men. At the hearing of His name, and I can't wait to see this, and I can't wait to do this. We do it in heart now, but we're going to do it in presence. At the hearing of His name. I can't wait to hear His name audibly. At the hearing of His name, every knee bows and every tongue confesses He's Lord. Every time the herald goes out, Jesus Christ, He is Lord. I believe we'll spend a lot of time on our knees crying, He is Lord. All the glory belongs to Him. All the glory. We just read in Psalm 115, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto Thy name give glory. All of it goes to Him. So we belong to Him. Glory belongs to Him. And verse 25 says, To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty. All majesty belongs to Him. Majesty means greatness. And it means fullness. All fullness belongs to Him. All the fullness dwells in Him. Somebody will say, the fullness of what? Well, just name something. Just name something. If all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Him, then what is anything else? The length and the breadth and the depth and the height, that's the majesty. The fullness of God's love, all of it dwells in Him. 
All the love of the Father for His people is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The fullness of God's judgment on His people, all of it dwells in Him. The fullness of God's wrath and punishment on the sin of His people, all of it was in Him. All the fullness and all the majesty belongs to Him. Number four, verse 25 says, To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion. All dominion belongs to Him. Dominion means sovereignty. It means control. It is the territory of a sovereign. You think about a king's dominion. It's the territory of a sovereign. In Genesis 1, when God said, Let us make man in our image and let them have dominion over the fish and the birds and the cattle and the creeping things and all that. That word dominion meant let them reign over. Let's give them the right to do with the others as they see fit to do with the others. Well, the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. And the truth is, there is only one sovereign over all of this earth, and His name is Jesus Christ. Everything is in His hands. Everything is in His control. All dominion belongs to Him. And the last thing that our verse mentions this morning is verse 25 says, To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power. All power belongs to Him. That means not only does He have the right to do what He wants with whom He wants, but He has the ability to do whatever He wants with whom He wants. He has the force. That's what power means. He has the strength. This is what it means. When He cried, it is finished, it was finished. That's what it means. It means He did not try to save anybody. Our Lord has never tried to do anything. Not one time did He ever try to do anything. Our Lord is not waiting on anybody to accept Him. He's not begging anybody to come to Him. What it means is when He calls, we come. And, and this is what I love about preaching the Gospel. I don't have to give an altar call. I don't have to beg anybody. to. We're going to keep playing until somebody gets the courage to come down here. No, we're not. We're going to say amen and be done. And God's Holy Spirit is going to go get God's sheep. And He's going to say, come, and they're going to come. They're going to be made willing in the day of His power. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. God is going to do it. And aren't we so happy about that? When He draws, we come. We come. He has power over our heart in the matter. Not only over what we're going to do. He has power over our heart in the matter. He can turn this heart. He has power to 
keep us. He has the power to calm us. He has the power to speak peace and to speak comfort to our hearts. I love this poem right here. God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He plants His footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never failing skill, He treasures up His bright designs and works His sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, don't we have so much to be afraid of? Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense. As we turn on the news and look around, judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning providence, He hides a smiling face. His purposes, not plan. He does not have a wonderful plan for anybody's life. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan His work in vain. God is His own interpreter and He will make it plain. Just wait on the Lord. So, the only wise God, our Savior, number one, we belong to Him. Glory belongs to Him. Majesty belongs to Him. Dominion belongs to Him. And power belongs to Him. Now, last question. When will this belong to Him? And how long will this belong to Him? Verse 25 says, To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. Amen. All right. Thank you.